Amen. Well, let's pause for a moment. Thank the Lord. Lord, uh, we're grateful for the way that you speak to us, Lord, and I thank you that we get an opportunity each week to practice uh, listening to your word and hearing by your spirit that we would walk with you, Lord. Uh, may may the, the treasures that you reveal to us for ourselves not be lost in the, the noise of the week and the world. And uh, we ask that you would help us day by day walk closer to you, understand you more, and know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, that's the good stuff. Well, you guys ready? We're going to finish up. I'm, I'm done with the fruit of the Spirit. I, I hate to be. I'm never going to have any of the fruit of the Spirit after this. Uh, no, just not, that wasn't, I was, that's not what I was saying. This, this has actually been, you know, it's weird that whatever you start to focus on, you, you become aware of, right? I mean, it, it, it's just that thing. Every one of us has probably bought a, bought a, a car at a certain point, and you know, before you owned your car, you never noticed how many of them were on the road. You know, and all of a sudden you buy one. It's like everybody owns this car. You know, <laughs> in fact, I'm driving next to myself all the time. I'm like, hey, what's up with? It's kind of it's kind of funny. Uh, in the same way, though, of course, when we study the Bible and and start to to just get with it, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I notice. You know, if we're talking about the fruit of the spirit. We either notice how little we have. Or how much we have of certain of certain parts of it, and we can never we can never uh, fo- you know not get a benefit from focusing on what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in our life, and just by focusing on uh, we we've been looking at at this different fruit, uh, all of a sudden you know we become aware of of some uh, some spots that are missing. And uh, this has been, I don't know, over the last few weeks, as, as I la- launch into all this stuff, I'm like, thank you, Lord. Yes, I need more of that. And, but I've, I've found, you know, when you commit certain things to the Lord, all of a sudden he starts to work them in you. And I have noticed a big change in my own life. I hope you, you have too. Uh, and big change always comes in a small way. You know that. Everything in the Lord doesn't start with a big crash, big crash. You know, there is no big bang. There is the Lord saying, "Let it be," <laughs> right? Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a fanfare for everyone. And it's the same with our own life. You know, never despise the small beginnings in in your life. You're like, "Oh, I'm just not so good at that." Okay, good. Then let the Lord start to grow that in you. We talked about that a little bit last week about the seed. Uh, you know, the seeds are small. What God's trying to do do in you, it, it looks small. And we're like, oh, he'll never get to where he's trying to get to. And yes, he will. I know he will because I've seen it over and over and over and over. My, my life is just a signpost. It's just, it's just uh, a, a sign for everyone that God can use anyone. Uh, in fact, as we read uh, this scripture, uh, I'll read it and then I'll I'll do a little bit of we're, we're going to mostly reflect today. Um, Paul ends ends this uh, this book wrapping up at the beginning. Let me give you a little bit of background. So when when Paul wrote the book of Galatians, he was basically trying to make the strongest argument ever that we need to just trust the Lord 
and know him and that everything else is a wash. And, and so uh, one of the things that was happening in the church at that time was that there were people coming in and saying, yes, we're great that, that, peop- that non-Jewish people are getting to know Jesus, but they're going to have to do Jewish things in order to really be Christians. And Paul's like, that's not how it works. How it works is that you're a new creation in Christ, and none of the Jewish things that no one ever does fully will help you. And, and so he, he explains all that, then he gets to the fruit of the Spirit part, and then at the end he's basically saying, and don't forget what I'm talking about, and that's where we are here. And so uh, chapter 6, verse 11 to 16, he says these things. <clears throat> See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Now, th- what, what's being said there is that Paul used, used to not write his own letters. He always had, he always had a scribe. Um, but this was so important that he's like, I am going to write it in my own hand. Uh, when I think about this, I always think about the kindergartners. You know, when they're learning to write, uh, like, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll look at them, or even preschool, you, you know, they're like huge letters. <laughs> and I don't know, so, some people think it might have been Paul's eyesight or whatever, uh, or, you know, maybe he didn't know his Greek very well, but he's writing big, and he's writing in big letters, and he's saying, he's saying, it's not impressive, because impressive writers, of course, write beautiful script. My mom has the best handwriting. She's, she's in her 90s, and, she, and Connie has great handwriting too. But my mom's handwriting is really tiny, and it's perfect script. Mine doesn't look like that. If you ever, if you ever get a note from me, you're going to say, ooh, look what large letters she's writing. Um, but then he goes on, and he says, those who want to impress people, by means of the flesh, are trying to compel you to be circumcised, basically to be Jewish. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but I, I, I like that he, I was going to cut out the, the large letter thing. But when I read the next line where he says that some people are trying to impress you by how great they are. And it goes back to our Jeremiah scripture. He's saying some people are trying to impress you. And he's like, look at my large letters. I'm sure somebody would read that letter and go, I can't believe that guy has such lousy handwriting, uh, right? And he's like, I am not here to be impressive. And as I was reading this, I'm like, Lord, I've always wanted to be impressive. <laughs> I've always, you know, uh, you too? Uh, I know. And I, and I just, I, I really, it's funny because when, especially if, if the Lord puts you in a, in a, a quote, prominent place of ministry, like, you're a pastor. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like, you should be really impressive. And, and we're all drawn to, like, impressive pastors, right? I mean, they're on TV. Aren't they impressive? I'm on TV today, too. Thank you, YouTube, all five of you out there. Uh, you, you know, but there's something in us that wants to impress for, what's, for what purpose, Right? For what purpose? And so he goes on, he says, there's some that want to impress you with their spiritual life by doing something outwardly. He says, the only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. (laughs) It's like they're actually trying to impress you because they don't want to rest in Jesus. You know, and I, I, I think... That one of the things that we we all struggle with, I know, as we come to Christ, there's always something in us that once feels like I don't have enough. 
In fact, uh, you know, Tom kind of expressed that. It's like, I'm, I'm not enough, you know. I'm not enough. You get, I'm not doing enough. I'm not a good enough Christian. Have you ever felt that? We all, we all know that in this, in this crowd. And that's the point, is that because we're not, we can actually rest in who Jesus is along the way. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, you know what? You can't be that impressive. I mean, on my best day, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I, I exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. I am completely loving, joyful, kind, everything. Peaceful, patient. And you're all like, wow, you're so impressive. But then I wake up the next morning, I'm grumpy and, and sad and, and, you know, not peaceful, anxious. Because I can't rest on the work of my flesh in the moment. I have to rest on the work of Christ. Okay, I was just going to read this and then parse it out. But as I read it, it's just like, this is just so good. They want to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. They refuse to rest in Him. Not even those who, who do follow the Jewish law uh, that keep it. <laughs> those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet they want you to follow the law that they may boast of the circumcision of your flesh. Basically what he was saying here is that we've, you know, it's like, all, look at all of my converts. Look how I got these guys <laughs> to convert. And, and Paul's saying, like, no, this isn't what is supposed to impress you. What's supposed to impress you is that you know the Lord and understand Him. All right. And then he says this beautiful thing. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Now, it's a curious thing that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of Christian jewelry out there. Have you ever seen it? You ever see somebody wearing a cross? I used to wear a cross. I used to wear a cool uh, a wooden cross because I didn't want to be one of those flashy people with a gold cross. You know, it's better if it's wood, and it's better if you can get it from like a monk somewhere. And I'm sure mine was like a monk somewhere, and you know, I'm sure they found some wood from some original cross somewhere to make the cross. But the cross is the most horrifying thing in the world. I, I'm sure you've heard that, but it, you know, it was a it was the worst way they could possibly torture someone. And, you know, they say in the Roman world over 30,000 people were crucified. And, and they would usually do it on the roads or on, on the way to towns. And it was, you know, it was people that wouldn't follow the Roman government. And, and it was horrible to walk by and go either hear a guy in pain, crying out, screaming, bleeding, you know, or, you know, on the throes. You can just imagine how horrible this thing is. And yet, in Christianity, we've taken the most horrible thing in the world and we've made it an emblem for us to wear and to think upon because God took the most horrible thing that the world could possibly throw at us and He turned that to the greatest redemptive act ever. And Paul says right here, he says, man, I am not going to boast in anything except what God has done because through it, he's changed my life. Woo! I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down. <laughs> my whole life down before you, Lord. Right? I mean, this is, this is crazy. And he says, because all the stuff of the world, everything I've tried to be, 
impressive-wise, I'm dead to. I died. Earlier in, the, in this letter, he, he talks about that. He says, man, I've been crucified with Christ. It's, not, it's no longer I who lives. It is Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who, who gave his life for me. Isn't that beautiful? I know. And so whenever we're trying to become a better Christian, we need to first rest. That was my first point. Rest. Don't try to impress. Don't try to impress yourself. I mean, Tom, on your best day, you might look in the mirror and say, I did it for 24 hours. (laughs) And you're going to go, man, I am so awesome. And God's going to say, Tom, Tom, I gave you a glimpse of glory, but it's not enough. Slow your roll. Rest in me and let me grow you by your spirit. Yeah, so uh, certainly it's not to impress ourselves. It's like I did it. It's certainly not to impress others. I know as a, as a young Christian, I used to like to impress others with my Bible knowledge and, you know, words, words of, you know, prophetic words and, you know, all kinds. My healing ministry. Actually, my healing ministry was pretty bad in my early days. Most people got sicker. So when I pray for them, it's like, yeah, that's not good. You should see a doctor. <laughs> But over time, the Lord, you know, the Lord's like, I can't use you if you're trying to be impressive. Because, it, because whenever, whenever we add to grace, the grace disappears. I hate that. It's like, oh man, you know, will you pray for me? It's like, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It's like, are you guys impressed now that I'm ready to pray for you? And, like, and the Lord's like, oh. That poor guy's going to get sicker. <laughs> it's like, why don't you just get out of the way <laughs> and just let me be me and, and I'll do what you want me to do. Okay, so certainly don't impress yourself. Certainly don't impress others because that removes it. And certainly don't try to impress God. How many times have you... Have you it's like, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm really good now. He's like, have you seen yourself? <laughs> okay. Instead of impressing, rest, don't impress. He says, the reason they're doing this is because they're avoiding resting in Christ. Okay. To be unimpressive. The whole world, I know, I, I, I don't like the way God set up the gospel. Because the world is looking for very impressive people. And, and every once in a while, you know, it, it, it's, it's always great when, like, somebody famous comes to Christ, isn't it? I, I, you know, uh, I don't know who, whoever the latest, greatest people are. Who's the latest people who've come to Christ that get in the news? Uh, who, there, there's some rappers. Uh, do you guys know any? There's always some, you know. You guys aren't, you're, you're, you're not watching that on your social media? There's always somebody. Um, I don't know all the new people, but you know, in my time, you know, when when a movie star or or some somebody comes to Christ or a rapper or some you know some rock star comes to Christ, then everybody like they holds them up. It's like this guy's impressive. Look, look, we got a good guy on our team, you know. And usually that's a, a crash and burn, you know, for them because everybody's like, oh man, we we got the guy. Um, and the the world 
might be impressed for a minute with what is happening in our in our lives. But Paul's Paul's perspective is that the cross was everything. In fact, he even called it its foolishness. It's a it's a it, it's foolishness to the people of the world. I you know we have a very unimpressive church right now. That's <laughs> in the eyes of the world. And that's the thing. And and you know there it's 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 okay. Because God is using the unimpressive. That's what he does. He's like I am not looking for what the world is looking for. That what God uses is the foolishness of the world. Like he chose his disciples? Yeah, and I remember in 1 Corinthians it says that not many of you are wise, not many of you are very good looking, not many of you had much cash. And, you know, so I think that sometimes, and the reason I'm saying this is that sometimes as Christians we think that we need something from the world to capture the world instead of what we need is the cross of Christ. We need just the simple gospel that Jesus died for our sins, that those who trust them, God totally transforms them, or certainly likes to. Okay, so don't don't try to be impressive. And I, I just wrote down here, uh, you know, that there is this thing in us, and it it it's the religious mind that wants to wants to offer something. We would say to offer to God, you know, it's like something good within us. And a lot of people, their Christianity kind of gets gets stumped because um, they're because they're trying to be okay with God. Are you okay? Now I, I find this religious mind in myself all the time. You know, we're always trying to compare ourselves and and say, "Am I now okay with God?" And what Paul was trying to say here is that nothing on the outside. Not even anything on the inside is going to recommend you to God. Only Jesus. Only the cross. All right, you guys good with that? Okay. Um, that's so funny. Sorry. <laughs> I said, so the next thing is, so we're going to just rest totally in him. You guys good? Good with that? Said, because there's nothing in you that's going to recommend you to the outside world, to yourself, or to God. Now, the second thing is, is that every one of us messes up. And that's a problem. I mean, it's a problem for us, right? Because when we mess up, how many have ever wandered from Jesus? Like two minutes? <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's good that some of us don't get too far. But it's easy to wander. It's easy to get lost. It's easy to question God when he's silent or when he's not answering your prayers fast enough. It, it's easy to go, oh, man, where, where are you? It's, when you're struggling, Paul always says there's a place to come back to. And it's always back to the cross. I love that. Is that any day we can lift our hands up, throw our whole lives down, Run into his arms. There's no, what Jesus did on the cross was open the way for us. And so, 
you know, our, our whole life needs to rest on what he's done. But the other thing is that no matter where we are, in any given day, we can always come to him. I just think that's awesome. I mean, when he, when he, when he says that, he says, you know, may I never boast in anything except the cross of Christ. And I, I know for me, I, there, there's times when I'm going, oh, I don't even know what God's doing. In fact, I, I, I have crisis moments all the time as a pastor. You know that. I mean, it's not, personal, not like personal spiritual crisis, but I want to know the future. I want to know how to get there fast. Right? And the Lord, and uh, it, I, I don't know, I, I get anxious. I get anxious that I'm not, that I'm not going fast enough. And every time I do, in fact, uh, Gio and I, we, we've been meeting for, we've been continuing to meet on his licensing stuff. And, and, uh, we were talking about a certain topic and I was confessing that I really do believe that the Christian life is a life that's supposed to just be lived simply. Live me and Jesus, us and Jesus, the world and Jesus. It, I, it's, and there's something on the outside of us that wants to pressure us into something bigger than that. And if we can get it right at home, Tom, if you ever get it right at home, it's there. You know, <laughs> I know. Sorry, I keep picking on Tom, but I'm not really picking on you. But <laughs> because it, that's where it happens every day, right? That's where the fruit of the Spirit happens every day. Okay. So anyway, if you're lost, Paul reminds us as he's closing out this book, there's always a place to come to. It's always the cross. And then the last thing he says is this beautiful statement. He says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. Your whole outside spiritual life means nothing. What counts is the new creation. And what I, I, I see there is this statement is just remembering that God is always at work in you. What, what, we forget this all the time. We always forget and say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's happening in my life. And he says, you know what? Stop looking at the outside of your life and instead trust that I'm doing something on the inside of your life. Uh, and it, in one version, he says, remember, oh, it says it right here. What, what counts? Here's what, 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 what really uh, makes makes a difference is the new creation. Um, what has the Lord done in your life? Anything good? Hmm? Yes? You guys got some testimonies? I got a crazy word in a oh. All right, in one minute. I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to wrap up, but I want to hear it. I do. Uh, but it's it's so important that we remember when when we get in any of these situations where we're going, I don't know what God's doing. I don't know what, you know, what's he doing right now, uh, is to always remember that God's been working in your life. And we can look back at that and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. And today we had a lot of thanks. Uh, I, I've been leaning on, on Brooke recently because he, he's just, he's like, God's doing a good thing. 
cool, man. All right. It's like, I thought, I thought the Titanic had, had already hit the, <laughs> hit the iceberg. And I was like, how's it going? God's doing a good thing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay. You know, perspective is a lot. Uh, the Lord's done great things in the past. Right now, God is doing something great and you don't even know what it is. But it will be revealed to you as time goes. Okay. And always know that we can trust Him in the future. Because it doesn't matter what you see in yourself right now. What matters is the new creation. And this new creation that God is doing is creating us to be like Jesus. And it's not something that we do. It's something that the Holy Spirit does. Now, I want to end with, with this. And this is uh, something that, that Tom brought up. I'm going to take us back to the, the fruit of the Spirit. Though the fruit of the Spirit is grows day by day, uh, a lot of times we, we want God to be done with us in a moment. And he set up the spiritual life in such a way that we have to rely on him every day. Jesus taught us the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. We see in the wilderness that the manna only came out each day. And if you tried to store it up, you try to store up your spiritual walk with Jesus. It's like, okay, I, I spent three days reading my Bible and praying. It's like, that ought to be good for the rest of the week. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> don't you wish? No, you do, you know. The good thing about manna was that uh, on Friday, you could get two days. So if you miss a day with the Lord, you know, once a week, you're, you're going to be okay. Um, but the Lord just wants to walk with us every day. Not as a religious thing. Not so that we can mark off and say, man, I've got a thousand days in a row with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's just living with Him. Making Him part of every part of your life. And just enjoying enjoying that. One of the questions that I, I was talking about the Holy Club a couple of weeks ago. One of the questions they asked is, are you enjoying your relationship with Jesus right now? That's just such a great question. Because it's like, enjoying? Am I supposed to enjoy Jesus? <laughs> I thought I was supposed to you know, get under the, the hand of the taskmaster and, and do religious things so that I can feel better about myself. It's like, no, you're supposed to just enjoy him. And uh, so for today, as Paul leaves us, he wants us to rest in the work of Jesus, Right? He wants us to return anytime we stray, which can be in any moment. And he wants us to remember God's at work in us. Don't circumvent it by trying to work on yourself. And with that, I'll close in prayer, and then Tom's going to share a testimony. Amen. Lord, we are so thankful that you've given us your word to reflect on, to encourage one another and to remind ourselves of what you've done. I don't want any part of my life to be a reflection of just me. But I want it to be the ultimate reflection of me yielding to your Spirit as you form Christ in, in me and in us and in our church. Lord, we need you every moment of every day.
And we want to have that heart that says, I just want to enjoy you, hear you, know you, understand you. Lord, lead us, guide us in each and every day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, anybody else have a testimony or a prayer request? I guess we can sign off on YouTube. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we're going to continue with, with some other stuff, and uh, we look forward to seeing you sometime soon. God bless you.